0: everyone and this is episode 10 of season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation and I'm your host Jess Robinson and we're going to kind of reverse the order today. We're going to go through Luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 51st just because it really stood out to me more in the, the reading today and when reading that you know, he's anointed by a sinful woman, and, you know, nobody knows really the the background of the sinful woman, some believe that she was a prostitute, some believe this was Mary Magdalene, Um, there's those kind of theories, and what had happened was Jesus, he's, it's one of those rare occurrences where the Pharisees, you know, invited him to dinner, And while he's at the table, this woman, you know, brings an alabaster jar of perfume. And, you know, she's weeping and, you know, wet his feet with her tears. And she wipes them with her hair and and kisses him and, and poured perfume on them. And, you know, knowing that, you know, he, that this Pharisee named Simon, you know, That he would, if he was a prophet, he would know that this woman who was touching him was very sinful and that she was a sinner. And he gives him this parable that, you know, talks about forgiveness. And that the one with the bigger debt, you know, is going to love the one who forgives more. You know, and and so when you look at that story it's and when you do think about it, like when I'm in church and stuff, you know, I notice the people, you know, and I'm not being judgmental or anything, I just notice a lot of the people that that they've gone through, you know, drugs and addiction, they've gone really dark roads, um, through abuse and they they come to know the love of jesus I mean you you see them you know generally at the altar and they're weeping or they're you know praising for joy i mean they they have such a a fondness for the Lord that's different from you know it's not saying that somebody who didn't go through drugs or alcohol or anything like that can't have that similar experience but I just noticed that a lot that you know and that she loved she loved him much versus the pharisee his heart and his heart was hardened too and and he was filled with a religious spirit you know a judgmental spirit towards this woman and you'll see that in people you have to watch yourself to do that anyway, um, and so that, you know, really stuck out to me, and, and I was reading in a commentary that, you know, it wasn't odd for somebody to bow down and and kiss someone's feet, it was actually common, and it was a, a sign of subjugation, you know, and so she you know, subjected herself to Jesus, surrendering to him for his forgiveness, um, and all of that. So it was just you know, she was seeking after his own forgiveness. Even though she didn't say a sinner's prayer or anything like that, she was loving him and just hungering and, and weeping before him that she accepted him, and I I believe she went away changed, um, you know, we don't get to read in the Bible what happens to some of these people that are drastically changed, but we'll know in heaven one day, and so I'm just going to jump into Deuteronomy, we'll kind of go over it a little bit here, so going into Deuteronomy, and we see that the Lord, um, he protects women in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, from getting a bad rap, he protects them, you know, when, especially if, you know, they're molested or or raped and they try to cry out for help that they weren't subjected to, to death because they tried to do what they could. And, um, he protected them. You know, and, and we see, you know, this in, in 22 about the daughter's virginity, you know, it was important, you know, for an Israelite girl to remain pure and be a virgin at marriage, you know, and, and part of the responsibility fell on the parents because they, she was in their home. They had to raise her up spiritually and, and even in purity. And so it was upon, upon them and we still apply those same biblical principles today with families that, you know, the parents of the household, you know, parents, you know, need need to, you know, have their, their kids in church, you know, and, and not just in church, but also, you know, be, you know, in the word and living out you know, your faith in front of your kids and, and being there to answer their questions. And when, when they don't understand something, especially in the Bible, and if you don't truly understand it or you shut them off, they're not, they're going to just, close down and, and seek other avenues to find truth and, you know, find their answer and they'll end up, you know, finding it somewhere else that's not truth. And, um, when you look at, you know, families and stuff, you know, and I was not raised in a home myself personally, I wasn't raised in a home where my mom and dad were living out the faith. I had my grandma who, you know, was a testimony, you know, in my life because she, she only lived like 10 minutes down the road. It was actually like a 10 minute walk, but like a two minute drive down the road from us. And so, you know, she was always watching us. And so, you know, it wasn't like we didn't have that taste of, of Christ, but we had these two worlds that it was like, which one's right you know, which one's wrong. And I'm, I'm thankful that my grandma didn't stop praying, you know, and I'm, I keep telling people, I am a testimony of my grandma and her prayers being answered. But, um, you know, essentially, you know, a parent has to do what they can. And, you know, I know some parents, you know, when a kid goes wayward, they do blame themselves, you know, and it's hard because, you know, especially when they've done the best they can, even though they're not perfect, they've done the best that they can, there's only so much a parent can do. And and in the end, it's, it's up to the child because they also have that free will. But, you know, you still can't just be lax in what you're doing and you know we still you know like I know in youth group I teach that you know purity is you know sexual purity is the best thing for you know to save for marriage you know is between a husband and a wife it's something that God instituted between a husband and wife and just just to wait you know and that it's worth the wait <clears throat> And so, um, you know, essentially, you know, those were the things, you know, back then, you know, that they were to do. And we kind of still apply those principles today in the body of Christ. And uh, another thing that I saw in Deuteronomy that I wanted to point out was... um the exclusion from the assembly, like, there's this list of things that excluded people, and there was just because it, there was this separation, you know, and, you know, there was this veil, and there was these lists, and, you know, there's, you know, the Ammonite and Moabites and stuff because of what had happened with Balaam, and however, you know, you see this these separations. And what really stood out to me is like, cause right now I'm studying the book of Acts and we come into the, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch who had gone, you know, he comes, Philip is told to walk along this road and he comes across the Ethiopian eunuch coming back from Jerusalem and the, pro- and he was reading the the scroll of Isaiah. And the problem in that time was one, he was not, Israelite he was is from Ethiopia, and number two that he was a eunuch, and we talk about you know this this exclusion from the assembly, so he was probably you know he's coming back from Jerusalem, it said he was you know he came back from from essentially trying to worship in Jerusalem, but it's like he couldn't because of these. These guidelines but this man travels this far away because he's spiritually hungry for God and in that time I don't think you know they the the early church was still developing and so like the apostles had stayed in Jerusalem after the exclusion or the not the exclusion but the um persecution uh, that was started by St- Saul after the stoning of Stephen and they were not probably, because their hearts hadn't, they were still doing Jewish things, but they also had Jesus. But they probably didn't see that he deserved, you know, salvation. But we have Philip, who who had just, you know, you know was wa- had walked away from a fruitful ministry in Samaria, where the Samaritans who were not favored... By the Israelites, ended up accepting Jesus and, and people are healed and, you know, the numbers to the early church gets added and he leaves this fruitful ministry and finds, you know, comes across this man and, and the, the book that he's in, in the book of Isaiah, if you look further, if he would have read further and I actually, it was interesting because our instructor had us read just a little bit further if this guy would have gone a little bit further in the scroll of Isaiah where he would have come across and it was essentially saying that the Lord was going to include those who were eunuchs and all of that into his assembly essentially and it was like huh (laughs) so when I came across that it just took me back to the book of Acts um you know, what had happened. And, you know, in that time, it wasn't just saying that, you know, God was against these people. There was just this veil and there was this standard of what is holy and what wasn't holy. And because he was setting these people apart to essentially bring the Messiah, you know, which is Jesus. So that is essentially what I got out of that one. And you know, and kind of going back to protecting a, a woman, you know, and, and the, this is where it talks about divorce, um, how divorce was to work. You know, we've talked about it, that God didn't institute divorce. Um, you know, divorce is, is the, the result of human sin. And, you know, in that time, all the other countries had a form of divorce, but um and so god had given them instructions to regulate divorce in ancient israel and actually the word displeasing because people think oh you know because in when jesus talks about divorce he says you know other than you know adultery the word displeasing we kind of think oh it's kind of like what Jesus said adultery no because adultery was death and so it was probably something less serious than adultery you know we don't know you know what it was um it was a legal document you know and that was given to the woman and then she could remarry but she could never go back to her first husband husband and and all of that, but it will, you know, I just want to, you know, remind people that, you know, divorce was not instituted by God, you know, as a result of human sin, and it's sad because we deal with it today, you know, in in the U.S., and, you know, am I going to exclude somebody else, or somebody out of church, because, you know, they're divorced? No, you know, I have, several women that I know that, you know, they went through divorce and they're healing from that. And, you know, I love them like any other person. I love them with like Jesus would love them. And, you know, they, they're using, you know, they're, they're pretty much using this moment of healing to draw closer to Christ and their lives are changing drastically. And so, Um, you know, and he just, the thing that he keeps reminding them is not to take advantage of each other, you know, and, and that's essentially how, you know, in our relationship with Christ is how do we react around other people? You know, how do we react around them? You know, are we treating them you know, if we're mistreating somebody and we call ourselves a Christian, we can affect, you know, how people see God and how they see Christ. And, and it can actually hinder them from accepting Jesus because they're going to see Jesus as this, this person that mistreats them, you know. And, and so we have to live, you know, as I, I said a couple of podcasts ago, living as, you know, as a testimony that Jesus is out of the grave you know, in our lives and, and that we are no longer subject to death. We're no longer subject to sin, but living in the freedom and that Christ has given us and, and treating people how he, how he wants us to treat people. So it's, you know, essentially what I wanted to kind of point out in today's episode. And so we're just going to end there. And, um, for the next episode we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 1 through chapter 27 verse 26 and then Psalm 44 verses 23 through 26 Proverbs 8 verses 30 through 31 and then Luke chapter 8 verses 1 through 25 and I'm going to end in a prayer and I just want to say thank you Lord Jesus for who you are Lord and that you love us oh lord god and and that lord we just pray god that lord you would just touch all of us lord anoint us lord with your love and help us to continue to find revelation in who you are and how you want us to live in your word every single day lord we just continue to glorify you and magnify you in jesus name we pray amen